ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. Hello. Today, I have a super special podcast for you because I am here with a dear friend, CNN hero. Robin Lim is the founder and director of Bumi Sehat Clinics in both Indonesia, in Bali, and in the Philippines. And we have just been together teaching our Ipre Doula retreats, being at the International Confederation of Midwives Meeting and the International Confederation of Midwives Conference. But I want to read you a little bit more about Robin because her passion is respectful, skilled, culturally informed, gentle, prenatal care, postnatal care, childbirth services, and healthcare as a human right. She's the author of many books. And if you haven't read any of her books, I would highly encourage you. One that I started out years ago. I remember when you first wrote this book, After the Baby's Birth, Wellness Mm -hmm. for Mothers. Then the ecology of gentle birth for all of you that are expecting, awakening birth, eating for two recipes for pregnant and breastfeeding women. One of my all-time favorites, and I know you're about to update it too, is Placenta, the Forgotten Chakra, and our Ypres Doula book Mm -hmm. as well. So we're here today and I am so honored to be here with you, Robin. It's been like an incredible almost seven weeks now that we've been together. together. So today's our last day together till we're back together again for our next Ypre Doula in March, 2024. But I am excited to have you share some of your wisdom, some of the things that have been bubbling for you both in our time together, but in in the incredible work that you're doing and serving as a model for the world of what gentle, respectful, birth looks like. Mm. It's been quite an amazing seven weeks for me. I feel like we thought we were going to see each other after our 2019 Eat, Pray, Doula. We thought we'd see each other by 2020. And of course, COVID happened to all of us, everyone out there. And we were all separated for about three years. And many of us went through so much. All of you out there, I'm touching your hearts right now because I'm feeling all of you. And now we were able to come back together and be live with our doula students, both for our donor preparation course and for our advanced students. Uh, And I feel like the lessons we learned coming back together after the long COVID time were profound. One of the things we did was during COVID, we avoided it the first year, but then we realized that we could teach online effectively. And because our doula students were not willing to wait any longer, and it worked. I know because I've been at birth with doulas that we trained online and extraordinary doulas and effective and and passionate and compassionate. And I felt pretty, pretty amazed by that, that the determination of the women out there that are promised doulas that wanted to get the skills 
to be able to really serve mother baby. We like to put mother baby in one word and not separate them at (laughs) all. Even when we write, we write mother baby. And of course, now I think my computer is trained not to red flag it, but (laughs) it took a while. And people are starting to accept that mother baby are together, even in the nonprofit world, in organizations that were always meant to help mother baby. They had programs for mother and programs for baby, and they didn't put them together. And for so long, it was frustrating for those of us who are in midwifery and in doula care. I feel like what got renewed for me, and Deborah, I'm not sure if this happened to you, but I feel like we've had this similar experience, is that doulas are essential caregivers. We found that out during the pandemic. And thank heaven, some hospitals and some insurance companies understood that and pretty quick put doulas back in as essential caregivers. I feel like doulas made big sacrifices in order to be there during the pandemic. And I want to thank all of you. Uh, It was hard. My daughter gave birth in 2020, in the summer of 2020. And um, at that time, it was terrible. COVID was ravaging North America. And I'm so blessed that I was able to get over there. Our airport was closed and suddenly it opened for three flights. My daughter couldn't come home for her birth. And it was a VBAC. And it was wonderful. It was the summer of love. It was the successful, very long, hard labor, beautiful VBAC. And I felt like one of my support people was Deborah. Going into it, Deborah was able to tell me, look, you're going to need a cub. I've already mailed a cub, the comfortable upright birth. It's like a ball, but it's a little different. And it really, my daughter started using, because my daughter was carrying a posterior baby with an anterior placenta, and she was a VBAC. And we had a beautiful birth for my granddaughter. And moving forward from there, just staying in touch, because we do make WhatsApp groups with all of our doulas. And we stay in touch over the years, not just the weeks following, because the weeks following are very precious, but the years are what really help us to constantly be renewing and filling each other's cup. But what I really learned in this last seven weeks was that one, doulas are essential caregivers. You are the entry point where mothers can find access. Our beautiful friend, Jenny Joseph, with the JJ Way, Time Magazine 2022 Woman of the Year, Jenny Joseph, Google her if you don't know of her work, but her top of the JJ way of the list of things that really help make it possible for mothers to be safe in childbirth is access. And access is so important. And I find that again and again, it is the doula that helps the mother find the right care provider for her, the right place of birth for her, wherever her choices are, wherever she feels safest. And today, one of our doulas Um, who just graduated from this class we just finished, Carla, she sent me a message today and she said, I have a mother who I've been talking to her about all her childbirth options and she would like to go to Bumi Sehat. May I put her in touch directly with the midwives and you? And I said, of course. So she'll be coming to us um, in the next couple of days for her first prenatal checkup at Bumi Sehat. But she was someone who was completely confused. Where will I go to feel safe? She did not feel safe. So this is one of the big things. Safety is, there's so many levels. It's key. So one of the things we did, and it like plays into all of this, is we did a presentation on midwives and doulas together. And I think sometimes people are like, 
how do you work together? Do if I have a midwife, do I need a doula? Or if I have a doula, do I need a midwife? We get a lot of confused questions. What would you say about midwives and doulas together? Here we sit. Yes, here we are. And many years ago when I was a young midwife and I came to, I was in North America. I'm not often in North America, but I happened to be there. And a young woman just in the next state, about an hour and a half drive from where I was staying in Iowa, asked me to be her midwife. And I went and did a home visit, dropped off the birth kit. She'd come for prenatal care with me. And we had a very strong connection. And then on the blizzardy night when I got there in January and she was in good, strong labor, a woman opens the door and says, I'm the doula. And I was a bit in shock because I had read the beautiful book, Mothering the Mother. It's one of our favorites. If you haven't read it, please do. And I was looking at the research and the data, the proof that doulas were so key to mothers having not only gentle, respectful, good memories made in their birth, and but safe births. It was, we're not just marshmallows. We're not just the cherry on the whipped cream on top. Doulas are so important for safety reasons. Yes. And because the data was there and I thought, I always thought, I want to work with doulas. But I was here in Indonesia, there were no doulas. And then suddenly the door opens and there's a doula before me. And I was, whoa, is she going to take all my oxytocin? That's an evil thought, right? right? Totally. There's always enough love, but there's a part of me that goes, but what does the midwife do? The midwife has plenty to do being a medical professional and making sure that everyone stays safe. But I'm a better midwife having a doula working with, beside me. And all of the midwives at Bumi Sehat agree with that. And they're actually a little bit picky. They <laughs> made a thing. They asked me as Indonesian midwives who've worked with people that sometimes are culturally safe for them and sometimes are not. They say, we only want to work with doulas that are trained by Deborah. Oh, I know. But I'm so but honored. It's true. But we have their names and their numbers on the board and we do call on them. And so we have this little army of volunteer doulas that are extraordinary. They speak many languages because there are people here from all over the world. And um, I feel like the Indonesian doulas this year were such an incredible part of the experience. I agree. They brought such a richness and so much love to our hearts every day. And we had such a diverse group. We had doulas from... Well, how many? 23 oh countries? God, 23 countries and a variety yes. to talk about culture and traditions and mm -hmm. what feels safe was really rich and yeah. diverse. And one of the other things I have to ask you to talk about that I know every group, we did three groups this year, so it was really a lot, but a lot. <laughs> every group loved. And that you do the care you provide at Bumi Sehat, all you and mm. all the midwives and the team here is exceptional. Anybody that's listening, go to bumisehat.org and look at Robin's and this team centers here. But you do all 12 steps of the International Childbirth Initiative. And everyone loved like really learning all about the care that you provide from human rights <laughs> to all the evidence to weaving in midwives and doulas and doctors and collaboration. Mm. But something I learned from you years ago, and I'll never forget when I first attended a birth with you here, 
is your traditions around the placenta. Mm. Could you just talk a little bit? Because I know for many people, if you're with me in America, we are fighting just to have them to stop clamping and cutting the cord in the first three minutes. So can you just mention a bit about the importance of the Mm -hmm. baby's blood and how you care for that hour or two postpartum here? We we all agree as midwives here at Bumi Sehat of how important it is. And we really feel it's a human right for the baby to have their full blood supply. And we know from the research that anywhere from 150 milliliters up to 210 milliliters of baby blood can be left in the cord and placenta that hasn't migrated yet to the baby if you clamp and cut too quickly. And we don't feel as midwives, as a team, that the weight of 90 seconds or 60 seconds or even three minutes is enough because it interferes, clamping and cutting the umbilical cord interferes with that beautiful, hormonal, rich, gorgeous cocktail of things that are going on for mother baby and family. And so we try to just hold the baby there so the mother reaches for her own baby and then skin to skin, the first embrace of life is so important. And then we just wait. We do not mess with the cord. When the placenta is born, the placenta goes in a bowl. So placenta is just there. The placenta gets born, put in a little stainless steel bowl. Someone has always brought flowers to the birth and we put flowers in the bowl with the placenta to honor the placenta and mother and baby just breastfeed. And if the mother has torn, we give her a little bit of a suture. We numb her up and help her with that. But it's such a blissful time to watch this beautiful family coming alive because for so many families, it is the fulcrum of the most important moments of them. And it cements their future as a family and how they will be able to love and cherish each other. So we know that if we can help babies into the world without trauma, if we can honor their mothers so their mothers don't end up with trauma, then we have children starting their lives with their optimal gifts And this is so important because being able to live your optimal life from the get-go means that you can become a steward of the earth and the land and the water and the fire and the air. And that is the only way that I see forward to saving our planet. It might sound a little radical, but I believe that those babies being born into our hands, and I was a midwife for over 20 years and then I became a doula. And I'm both now. I I have to change hats. For example, if I go to the hospital with someone and they're in the care of an obstetrician, I am a doula and I wear the doula hat. And I tell the obstetrician, look, I'm wearing the doula hat. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, so I do believe that we are building world peace, one baby, one mother, one family at a time. And again, doulas and promised doulas. This is no pressure. This is your job. Oh, yeah. This is our job. Yeah. And I feel like we have this International Childbirth Initiative that I love so much because I feel like I was there when this initiative was being born. You were a big part of inspiring (laughs) it right from the beginning. Our dear friend Mary Kroger used you as a model, always saying that I've heard her say this. You can do this. It's about heart and hands. It's not and good midwifery skill. It's not about money. And as we know in the United States where too many women and babies are dying, especially to black and brown and indigenous mothers and parents, 
your outcomes are outstanding. What's mm. your cesarean birth rate? From 2011 to 2016, it was two to three percent. Like we should be celebrating that every mm -hmm. single day in my community. I'm in Northern New Jersey. Our cesarean birth rate in many places is over 40%. So we're, you know, over medicalized. We're overspending and under delivering where with very minimal resources, you're providing care that truly is a model for the world. And the International Childbirth Initiative really stands on your shoulders mm -hmm. in showing us what's possible for good quality, safe and respectful care. Step four, the mother's right to continuous support during labor and birth. This is where you are, doulas, right in this initiative. And this initiative has been embraced as the vision statement for FIGO, Federation International Gynecologists and Obstetricians, which means that all of the work that even predating my generation, I was a generation in between, Nina May, Mary Kroger, Raven Lang, and the far midwives, so many, Yeshi Newman, so many, oh, Um Salama, all of these beautiful midwives who work so hard together to really create an atmosphere of respect and safety for mothers, babies, families. And finally, we have one document that really acknowledges that and has been acknowledged by the OBGYNs so that we are working together because collaborative care, when I say collaborative care, doulas, midwives, doctors, nurses, care providers of any kind. We have beautiful lab technicians at Bumi Sehat and they work with our midwives and our doctor and our nurses. That kind of collaborative care where everyone loves each other, everyone's friendly. It's not unusual for me to sit down with one of our doctors at Bumi Sehat and one of our housekeepers, who's a medical professional, because this is one of the people that keeps us clean and hygienic. Right? So everyone's considered an essential part of the team. But to really collaborate together. And again, doulas, you are the bridge. And I think that was Mary Croker's favorite word was bridge. bridge yeah. She was trying to help us bridge in her lifetime. And now we have this document that really the 12 steps do bridge for collaborative care. And because we've practiced those 12 steps for so long, first we were doing the 10 steps, International Mother the Baby, Baby Childbirth Initiative. And then as the evolving from that was International Childbirth Initiative. And because we've adhered to those 12 steps, it's built a team that is so coherent and so respectful of one another and so loving with our families, our mother babies. And I know that was a big theme at the International Confederation of Midwives. How do you build a team yes. that actually works together and does collaborative care well? How do you find the backup OBGYNs who are going to answer the phone when you call every time and not just send you to voicemail. And we find that the key has been this, has been that the whole team has been practicing this for so long, the International Childbirth Initiative. And, and it's there for you. It's one of the things we'll cover, but also you can go Google it right away. I just feel like it's that important, especially as we reach this time of I call it post-colonization of childbirth because we can't we can't decolonize childbirth. It's too late. That ship sailed 
and to help people feel culturally safe, no matter what color their skin is, no matter what their faith is, no matter what their family situation is, or their personal life is, or their profession, or their financial concerns, for everyone to feel safe, culturally safe, is really a challenge in this time. And, and it's, it seems to be one of the big things. There was a, the United States of America really turned a corner when so many people of color were being killed by yes. people we, that should never kill anybody. People were right. meant to protect us. And so now we're looking at the very fulcrum of life, that doorway that opens, that lets new beings in. And as birth keepers, as doulas, it's our responsibility to have our skills in order, to have our hearts and minds set on what our potential is for creating access for every mother to safely bring her baby earthside. Um, it's... It's a matter of life and death right now all over the world. But even in the United States, where more money is spent on childbirth technology than any other country in the world, you're seeing far too many maternal deaths. And it's been going up and up since 1986, I believe. Yes. And now, just the newest report from the um, CDC was shocking. So it's a matter of life and death. And doulas, you are the key. And midwives. Midwives, yes, of course. It's the team. It's the team. It's yes. the team. But I feel like, yeah, and mothers, yes, we just want you to feel safe and we want you to feel you have access to the care you need. Yes. So beautifully said. So I know, Robin, that people are going to want to get your books because I think for doulas, for midwifery students, for parents, your books really do provide such so much wisdom. So how can they get in contact with you, find your books? Where are they? Just go on eburobin.com. Okay. Real simple. eburobin.com. The books are there. And we're, we're about to update the placenta book. So. I'm so excited. I'm waiting yeah. for that one. Yeah. I love your placenta book. All your books are amazing. Mm -hmm. And for those, I know that we're always part of Epray Doula. If you want to join us in Bali in March of 2024, we're selling out quickly. It's yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. So go to epraydoula.com. But for part of Epray Doula is to support your work and those yes. at Bumi Say Hot. So how can people donate if they'd like to contribute to the work at Bumi Say Hot? They can just go on bumisayhot.org, bumisayhot.org. And you can contact me if there are ways, people find ways to contact me. My Facebook messenger is one way, but, and I can guide you to the, the website. Yeah, we survive on small donations and we're able to do a mountain of good work in six locations in two countries. And so we really are grateful to it's people out there. Many of our doulas that were here on the last course contributed and they all contribute a little bit. And we were able to get a motorcycle for our midwives in Lombok because our ambulance can't reach some areas because the, the roads are just too steep. They're, too, they're not roads, they're little trails. And so we were able to bring emergency midwifery care and medical relief to those far-flung areas that are off the road. And now we have the motorcycle. The little motorcycle that we've had wasn't strong enough to get up those hills. So now we're going to get a nice, good, strong little motorcycle for our midwives and our medical team. And again, that was one of the miracles of Eat, Pray, Doula. 
Yes. Yes. Ways that we can keep giving back. And no doulas that are listening, a lot of my doula clients, and you may find this, they want to do something special for you after the birth. I always say, donate to Bumi Sehat. So I have several clients that are making annual donations and every little bit makes a difference. Some are making monthly. Some are making monthly, yes. Because I see all the monthly, I see all the donations and I try to stay in contact. Every couple of weeks I spend a Sunday, I call it Gratitude Sunday. And I just write to every single person who helps us. And it helps me to stay positive. We are at a time in, in herstory where there's so much bad news. And so I make it a point to try to put good news on my Instagram and Facebook because there is so much good news as well. And again, doulas, you're part of the good news. Midwives, you're part of the good news. And mother babies, you are the, why aren't we, why isn't this like front page? This mother gave birth today. Yeah, wouldn't that be beautiful? It's epic. Every time a baby arrives. It's it's a miracle. It is every time. Thank you so much, Robin, Mm -hmm. for sharing today. And I love you so much. I can't believe I'm going to be leaving, but be back here before March. Like a labor, right? I think it's nine months from now. I'll have a a new birth next year. But for everyone, thank you so much for joining us Mm -hmm. today on the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. And all the links that Robin has shared will be in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, um, definitely look into the show notes. And we hope that you'll join us at Ypres Doula and contribute to BumiSehat.org. So thank you. I love you. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Mm